Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome, kings and queens, to One Sick B Podcast. I am your host, One Sick B, Brandy, should I say. Remember, here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I am blessed with a beautiful African-American NMO neuromyelitis optical warrior. She's gorgeous. Um, seeing her, as we all know, in these autoimmune diseases are invisible, but baby, she is visible. She's loud, she's proud, and she is my God, gorgeous. So today, I would like to welcome Shakita. Welcome, Shakita, to One Sick Bee Podcast, and thank you for being a guest, and how are you today? Yes, ma'am. I am tired, feel in pain, but let me tell you something. God is good all the time. All the time. I can't be, I can't complain. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, us with autoimmune diseases already have this crazy battle going on. And this year, should I say the last two and a half years, we have been going through something called COVID negative. I call it negative COVID-19 because there's nothing positive that I've seen come out of it. I'm, and then I take that back. People have, um, I've inspired, been inspired. Uh, things that keeps us going. Uh, we, we see different points of views that we haven't. So I won't say it's all negative, but for us with autoimmune disease, it's scary. So how have you been dealing with COVID being diagnosed with NMO during uh was this before or during? Uh, I can't remember oh, if it was before or during. Let me tell you, you know, the whole COVID thing started swirling around right in December. I'm rocking and rolling. January, February, February hit. I got sick. Right in the midst of this scene, like when COVID came to the United States and just really hit the fan. So for me, going through what I went through, my First, you know, my my attack during that time frame, it was kind of hard because I was oblivious to everything that was going on outside. You know, I didn't really know, like I was like coherent out of it. And so my back and forth to the hospital over the time that I was back and forth, it just seemed like when I went there the first time that everybody was just kind of out and it was a few people had a little some mask on and they didn't really understand what was going on. Then, you know, it's like the next time. And every time I, I went back to the hospital, I can see the transition. Mm. No COVID to yeah. how, you know, how things are now. So right. it was interesting dealing with that during the time of COVID, being able to witness kind of how the hospitals were so nonchalant to how things just started getting on lock by the time that I actually got my diagnosis. And then at that point, you know, I was in on my way to to, to healing, and yeah. so then after the process, I mean, it was just total lockdown for me. And so as of now, from then until now, um, COVID really has affected me a lot because of the fact that I am very independent. I like to get out, move around, what I want to do, and I kind of feel like I'm trapped in the house. Like I feel like I'm, you know, I'm a prisoner here, unfortunately. So yeah. I'm too 
you know, going out and doing the simplest little things that most people wouldn't think twice about. Right. I don't and real, you know, I don't want to, you know, have somebody walk past me for and, and, and stand by me for too long. It's little things like that because I honestly am like fearing, for, yeah. oh my God, what if they get me sick? What if they breathe the wrong way? Or, you know, do I have enough protection with my mask? I don't know. And and it's not like, you know, if another person gets a cold, they ain't really tripping off of it. But for me, if I get a cold, I don't know what's going to happen. It takes me down. It takes so me that's down. It's just, it's been a lot going on with, with COVID. And I think everybody has been impacted, but people with autoimmune disorders have been impacted the most. Yes. Let's get into it. Like I said, this queen Shakira is a NMO warrior. The definition is condition which affects the central nervous system, particularly affecting the optic eye nerve and the spinal cord. It can cause blindness, paralysis, the legs, arms, and sensation and painful spasms. So let's get into it. First of all, can you take us back to when you got diagnosed, what you went through? And if you even think that before you got diagnosed, that you've seen symptoms that you didn't even realize were a part of the NMO and start, please expand your turn. Okay. All right. So um, when I first got diagnosed, it was again, um, actually it was the end of March, 2020, when I officially got my diagnosed, but I first started experiencing nausea February 12th exactly today and I remember the day because I thought that I had got food poisoning from some IHOP that I ate like I went as far as to even file a complaint on the website and told these people that I got poisoned I wrote this long story about how they poisoned me I'm gonna be calling the corporate office only to deteriorate at that point I kind of got off of it and then started noticing that I definitely wasn't poisoned so with the symptoms of the nausea came some hiccups also. Hiccups and dizziness, and I would say about a couple of weeks into it, I mean, it was just, you know, the nausea just started turning into vomiting and then it just could not stop. It didn't stop. So it didn't stop for about, I say it weaned off totally about six months after uh, my diagnosis and when it finally weaned off. But what's interesting you know, experiencing the nausea, the vomiting, the dizziness, the weakness, the weight loss, 40 pounds in a month. I started realizing that that seemed familiar. In 2013, I randomly on February 14th, Valentine's Day, I went to work. I was running the district. I had five offices that I was managing in Kansas. My husband's stationed in Fort Riley. When I left work, I had to leave early actually because I was so nauseated I couldn't barely make it, but it was Valentine's Day. So I was determined to go and stop at a grocery store and get some stuff for Valentine's Day for my kids. My husband, I stopped and did that. The whole time I'm driving, I'm shuffling around and trying to you know, hold back growing up. But the second I got in the house, I threw up. And I didn't stop throwing up for about six months and I had no idea what was wrong with me. But during that first month, I was back and forth to the hospital. They didn't find anything, but eventually I ended up in a neurologist and he diagnosed me with the PPV, which is a type of vertigo, like an inner ear canal damaged vertigo. So I was cool with that because I was like, oh, the vomiting. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. But see, the thing is, there was some neurological damage. I had um, my eyes, my right eye had an involuntary jerk. And so you know, when he told me that it was an inner ear canal and that's what's causing the jerking, you know, I don't know anything. So I went with that and lived with that for seven years. And that dizziness actually never went away. 
the balance issue never went away. So I, for seven years, I, I lived with having to adjust my life to compensate for the dizziness and the balance issue. I couldn't stand on my right side. I couldn't turn my head too fast on the right. So all those things were a problem and I just kind of lived with them until, you know, 2020. And then I got the, you know, diagnosis of NMO only to realize that I've been living with this for seven years already. Do you feel like uh, going through healthcare and getting diagnosed and leading back to when you first got diagnosed that you were skipped over? Yes, I do. I feel like, well, for one, back, you know, if I look back seven years ago, um, there's a lot of factors that play into why, you know, I feel like I was overlooked at that time. And I realized that NMO was just not a common thing and I probably would have been easily diagnosed with MS or possibly something else. But the fact that there was a problem with something uh, with my neurological state, yeah. that's indicator that there was something else going on in my brain. You don't just get blurred vision or double vision if it's just coming from our inner ear canal problem. It's just, especially the way that my eyes were, were moving. And, and that's just based off of a 15 minute Google search. Mm. You think back seven years ago, you look at a neurologist and maybe a 15 minute Google search would have told them that that was not the case. Mm. So I kind of feel some type of way about that. You know, that I'm a common person and, and I can just Google something and figure out how to read my MRIs. Something about that doesn't make any sense. If you're no. a neurologist and you've been to school for, you know, eight to 10 years and you still can't tell me that that's an indicator of something going on and possibly the brain and maybe I should do an MRI and further, you know, checkups. None of that happened. So, you know, that kind of makes me feel some type of way. And then um, with my experience now, had it not been for my um, persistence on figuring out what was going on, I don't think that I would have ever gotten diagnosed. The only reason why I ended up actually getting is I ended up at an ear, nose, and throat doctor after they had been trying to treat me for an ulcer that I did not have. They sent me over to an ear. So, so a month and a half, you know, basically went by before they can actually diagnose me because they weren't listening to me. Um, you know, they couldn't put two and two together with my symptoms. Um, but I went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And by this point, I'm, I look, you know, skeletal and frail. Like I visibly look like I'm sick. So I go there and she checks me out. Everything is, you know, go through this whole process. She takes one look at me and said, oh, your test results are, are all fine. So at this point, I'm obviously frustrated because regardless of, you know, I don't want a label on myself personally. I want to be a healthy, you know, person. Definitely. However, have things that are going on with you and you cannot figure it out and you know they're happening, sometimes that label is a level of comfort. Yes. Because at least you know you're not crazy. Yes, okay? yes. And so kind of like the thing, like I know people are like, oh, we don't want to put a label, but sometimes we just need to know. So what then if I know what it is and I can then treat it. But if I run around in circles, I don't know that I'm just trying everything under the sun. You know, at least narrows down the direction and the path that we need to take with our care plan. So that was kind of my thing. Like, I, like, I need to know, like, this is not normal for this to be happening. You can't just tell yeah. me nothing's going on. Yeah. You know, I'm just making myself throw up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she took one look at me and told me that I need to 
uh, not go back to my house. Don't go anywhere else, but go straight back to the hospital. And I was like, you know, obviously alarmed by this. Kind right. of baby. And so scary. My, it was scary. Now the hospital was right down the street. So, you know, five minutes, we were right at the hospital. My husband was like, all right, well, here we go back to the hospital. So we went back. And as soon as I got in that hospital, they took me straight back into the room to get an MRI. So I feel like that she may have called and was like, hey, this patient's coming in. I just sent her back to you. You need to get her in as soon as possible. But they've done the MRI and they found the lesions on my brain stem. And so um, it's pretty big at the time. And the myelin sheet, which is basically the, the channel, you know, from the brain to the brain stem there, yep. it turned down like really, really thin a lot. And there was um, deterioration from um, like, I mean, previously, obviously, you know, yeah. deterioration. These things are not going to show up on a CAT scan. Okay, they take it to the hospital, they do the standard EKG, CAT scan, they do all the same standard stuff. And unfortunately, none of that is going to pull up. You have to do an MRI on people like, you know, us that deal with these type of conditions, especially if something is popping up neurological. So um, that was kind of what happened with that. And um, unfortunately, I do feel like I know that's a long drawn out situation there, but unfortunately, I feel like had it not been for that, I mean, would I have been diagnosed? Would it have went on longer? I, I don't, I don't know. But I, it, I felt like that had I not continued just constantly going back and forth, back. I know people got tired of me, back and forth. That I wouldn't have gotten diagnosed. And then once I got my diagnosis, then it was instant treatment. I all of a sudden started feeling better. But then I kind of thought to myself, like, I wonder if these nurses got to feel, doctors got to feel real bad about themselves. It made me feel like I was crazy, only to have a rare condition that one in 4,000 people in the United States have. I see that. I looked at the statistic this morning uh, when I was researching NMO. And also um, that actually is prevalent in our community, meaning African-American communities. But I see a lot of um, advertisements since I've been searching and since uh, I started researching that ever since I got introduced to NMO, um, neuromyelitis optica through Shakita, I had been researching it and noticed that it usually shines light more on, should I say prevalent, the white community than our community, but it is very prevalent in our community. And I noticed that in our community, uh, where there's NMO, lupus, MS, uh, a lot of these symptoms and uh, these, excuse me, a lot of these autoimmune diseases mimic, have mimicking symptoms. So people get bit misdiagnosed. Uh, How has this diagnosis changed your life? And in which ways did it change your life? Oh, man, I tell you, it's a significant change, like complete 180, complete 180. And so um, it's changed my life because I, again, um, I'm a very entrepreneurial spirited person. I work my butt off, you know, uh, busy body, get up in the morning. I'd be up at like 3.30 in the morning, get my day situated, you know, get myself together, get my face together, get my clothes on, get ready for work, get to work, work from eight to five. And sometimes depending on the day, I work a 12 hour shift if I need to, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm a worker, but then I will come straight home, clean my house, uh, cook. And then I will probably sit down about nine, 10 o'clock and then wind down for the, for the night. I remember I went through a two year span where I didn't watch television. Mm. 
you know, because that's what I do. You know, I, I'm a worker. I, well, I'm, I'm not going to say worker because I'm not a worker, but I, I, I'm a hustler when it comes to getting my money. And I'll, I'll tell you, if, if it means I got to work from day in and day out, I pulled a, 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 a 48 hour shift one time doing the governor's ball in Topeka, Kansas. Mm. You know, so it's nothing. But to go from that and being the primary mover and shaker, so to speak, in my family, yeah. Yeah. to be cared for, and needing to use mobility aids, being in a wheelchair, you know, not being able to do the things that I love to do really, you know, it, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things and it's made me realize what's important, what's not important. I would say the most significant change is really my mindset because the body is anything, but your soul and your spirit is, is something else. Your mind, body, soul, and spirit, it's just, it's, this, yes. it's different. And, and it's unfortunate that diseases like you know ms nmo you know graves all all these type of diseases these autoimmune diseases that are chronic they take such a toll on you that you mentally transform whether it be good whether it be bad most people kind of resort into a shell some people decide to go out and say all right i'm I'm, I'm gonna say it loud and say it proud and other people do a lot of different types of things but for me it's changed my life because i started realizing what was more important and how blessed that I am because I actually closed my husband bought this house in the midst of a pandemic while I was sick mm. that we look at God this this is our forever home you know so for me it's like you know that's my point God is good all the time and I felt yes. like I was blessed made me feel like you know my time with my family was more important than a job ever will be regardless of you know what they have to offer nothing that they can offer me is going to gratify me the way that I can gratify myself and so that's really where I think the most significant change has come you know how did your kids and your family and friends uh react to uh, this diagnosis because sometimes it's hard for family friends to understand it to accept it what changes uh how did your how did your kids because being a mother there is no days off. There is no moments off. You can be in pain and you still have to delegate. Well, I know I have definitely had to still delegate, still had to go to basketball games, still had to go to football games, still had to go to uh, softball games, still had to go to her cheer practices. And you doing this all on the pain and with assistant living devices. How has that affected your kids and your family or friends around you? Well, starting with my kids, it's definitely affected them in in, in more uh, mental ways than, than anything. And it's because I've noticed a complete change in their their level of uh, responsibilities on what they um, what they initiate. Would, yeah, well, you know what 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 they'll do to initiate versus what they did before. So now, you know, I've noticed that you know they've they've taken a lot more responsibilities upon themselves and say, oh, I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure my mom is okay. So let me go in here and wash these dishes. And I know yeah. it's my turn. They mop this floor and let me see if she's hungry. And they do these type of things without being told you 15 and 16 year old, you know, it's kind of hard to get them to keep a clean house and take the responsibilities. But I tell you what, if I can make it upstairs, I promise you both of those rooms are clean. I promise you that bathroom is clean. I promise you the kitchen is clean. Anything else that I need done is going to be taken care of because they make sure I am 100% good and I love that about them. That's a blessing. Shout out to those babies. Yes, definitely. I mean, shout out to my kids too because they have did rode out with me since I had her 
at, I had her at 16. She, I got diagnosed at 17 and she's been along for her and my son, excuse me, I've been for along for the ride. So shout out to the Warriors kids that are going through this battle with us. Kudos to them. And I tell you, it's not an easy job to be in that position. And I do think that some things for me, I had to be mindful that these were the type of people that, you know, were used to me being the person who kind of everything us, you know what I'm saying? So when I'm not driving the bus no more, then they got thrown into the the pit fire. And, you know, I have to say, you know, shout out to my husband because he's just not the caregiving type at all, but he's, you know, he didn't, he pulled through, like he got things together. Like he closed on his house by himself. You know, he got our bills taken, like everything was taken care of. And this is a person who's not a caregiver type of mentality, you know, personality. He also has PTSD as well. So he's battling his own stuff from, you know, the military right. and then here and then just kind of pick up the pieces when everything just fell apart. He's a soldier at heart. Yeah. So, I mean, and then they the get rest it of my, done. Yep. The rest of my family, my sister actually moved here to help me out. Um, my mom's going to be moving here as well. But I and I have a very close knit family. His mom moved in with us for a little while. My sister in law, my brother. And so we just kind of kept it close, kept it, you know, a little tight circle. And That's I which I appreciate them to handle, you know, that level of um, disrupt it in is. our life. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, what has this battle taught you about yourself that you didn't even know? You thought you knew, maybe you, maybe you thought you knew, it might be something you thought you knew, but what is something that you can say had this battle has taught you about yourself that you just, realize easy this battle has 100 percent taught me that no matter what job no matter what house no matter what material thing that i'm focused on that nothing is more important than the time that i spend with my family and i say that for myself because i was my daughter actually wrote an essay about, you know, um, me, you know, from her perspective of how it looked right. for her living with a parent that had NMO. Yeah. And she's in there and, you know, it kind of hit home and, you know, use things like, you know, I thought that she was going to die. And, you know, I thought this is just what women dealt with. And, you know, I don't know how to help her. And I just, and my mom always worked and she, you know, she was always busy and it kind of made me feel like she's right. I put a lot of my time and energy into something that ain't mine. Why would I continue to do that? And so I decided that what I was going to do is spend some time with my, some quality time with my family. I have gotten closer than ever than with, with my family members and my kids. And I decided to start my own business. So I just recently signed over, um, signed the paperwork and getting into my webpage and everything up started for my, my, um, it's a DBA. It's not an LLC. We're going to get an LLC. But anyway, DBA working on, I got that covered now. So we're in business and just getting the ball rolling. And that's the, that's the most important thing to me right now in my life. But I learned that about myself and it, I don't know how I spent so long being oblivious to it, but like I said, God is good all the time. And he's going to make sure I'm he's not going to put nothing on me that I cannot handle. But what he did is for certain open my eyes. What advice do you have for 
a warrior that's just getting diagnosed and says to their self, I'm not going to make it. I can't do this. Why do I have to do this? What advice do you have for them? The best advice that I can give them is that, and I said this before, when you have a moment, go through your moment, feel it, embrace it within that, in, in, in that time. But at the end of the day, you got to keep pushing because you're not just pushing for yourself. It's everybody else and everything else around you. And at the end of the day, we may be suffering, suffering and struggling, but like I said before, God is not going to put nothing on you that you cannot handle. And I feel like that people that go through that, they have to know that they're not alone, that there is other people that are going through it. Yes. But it is not impossible to pick yourself up and keep it moving. That's definitely words of strength of a warrior. Uh, mm -hmm. because these battles are intense, uh, especially for mental health. Uh, what ways have you uh, helped yourself battle this, this disease mm -hmm. um, mental health-wise? What things um, do you use? What advice would you have for mental health? For, what, what ways would you say to to let go and let God, you know, in those ways, whether you do yoga or how do you balance your mental health? Well, you know, I talk to God a lot. So for me, that's my solace. That's, that's my, that's my space, my comfort. So, you know, whether. Amen to that. Yes. Whether, whether it be if I'm on my own personal space or it's, it's talking out loud or where, whatever I need to do, I just know that, you know, he got me. So I'm not going to fall too, too much on my face. <laughs> if I do need to fall on my face a little bit, then it's a lesson I need to learn out of it. I need to keep my eyes open. So I just kind of think that through this journey, um, that has always been my go-to, but even more so having a community with people that have, you know, NMO has helped me a lot. Um, you know, of course, friends and family, they helped me a lot. Even when times are just the worst, um, I suffer from bipolar disorder. So that's been something I've been dealing with since 2008. And I don't really talk about it too much, but it definitely, you know, this, this NMO has definitely exacerbated a lot. The yeah. bipolar, like a lot. Yeah. So right. I, the highs and the lows, manic and going low. Yeah. Very, very much so. I found myself just getting spiraling completely out of control and I have to just kind of pull it back once they, you know, come down off of it. But, you know, staying medicated, you know, has really helped me a lot, you know, with my medical mental health, not being afraid to speak out loud about what I'm feeling in that moment, whether people want to hear it or not, you know, I'm, I'm going to find some kind of way to get it out because I'm like, you need to get it out. You know, you need to get it out with it for, for that moment. And, you know, then you can your mental space gets back. Right. So that's kind of what I feel like I've, I've been able to do is, you know, just really lean on God, keep my medications in check, make sure I'm talking to the right people, getting out what I need to get out and then just taking that pressure off in that moment. So that I can feel, you know, free, even if it's for a little bit, you know, if I got to feel free, maybe a couple of days, if I start feeling some type of way, type of way, repeat the process. So, you know, it's proven for me, that process works for me. So I just continue just following the same steps and then I'm good. Now, a lot of people uh, do holistic living. Um, and I, I ask you this question, do CBD or 
medical uh, marijuana, do any of those help any of the symptoms that you have? Because you go through the vertigo, intense vertigo. I've been through intense vertigo before. Um, uh, far as nausea, all these symptoms that you're carrying on a daily basis, uh, do you feel any of these holistic ways uh, help? Yeah, you know, I, I do feel like they help a little bit for me. Uh, my symptoms are just really bad right now. They're really out of control. But I got to say, I am the first person in the state of Texas with NMO that has been certified through the Texas Cannabis Clinic. Yes. So um, that's that's the game changer there. Um, that's something new that, I mean, the doctor literally told me, he's like, I've never seen this before. You know, I've, I've never seen any person have this. And he thought it was unique how my MRI looked in. You know, so I kind of walked them through like what it was and what was going on. And, you know, I got approved, but I'm the first person here in the entire state of Texas that has this condition to be approved. Um, so I use it. I got my my little hookup in there, you know, but unfortunately now um, I haven't used it in a while. Because my symptoms are out of control and I do have morphine in my pump. So yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. enough going on. <laughs> morphine right. in my pump here now. I got to, you know, chill it out. But with that being said, um, once I get stable, I'm probably going to want the box of an out. And then I continue my holistic um, care bit. I think holistic should be the first thing you go to before you go to anything else. And I only say that because, you know, pharmaceutical medications and those compounds and everything that they got in them, they just can cause problems. And I'm not, I'm not saying that oh, you're yeah, not yeah. patient. Right. Just that try a holistic first, maybe yes, before you exactly. put yourself on a maintenance drug, Absolutely. just because the effects of me, I've been on maintenance drugs for 20 years. So being on maintenance drugs, yeah, they help with symptoms, but they also, I've had liver problems. I've had other problems that cause from the medication that's supposed to be helping Yeah, one symptom and it's starting another. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I definitely yeah. agree with you. Consider the holistic first, you know, and incorporate it if you can, you know, do both. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be on maintenance drugs. We know that. So there's no way around that. Your doctor's going to give you a medication. Your doctor has your best interest. You, you need to follow your doctor. That's just the end of the day. That's how I feel about it. But I tell you what, when it comes to my, my care plan, um, you know, I might talk to my doctor and say, hey, you're giving me this medication, but, you know, I'm going to use this, this cannabis. Is this okay? Oh, yeah, they're not going to interact. Great. Cool keep it moving you know so I just make sure that I have that open line of communication and that honesty with my doctors because my health and safety are the most important thing to me so you know I don't want to be like get a medication and not tell my doctor that I'm, I'm on the holistic side of it too they have to know everything out front right. like the yes. ideas that way they know everything you know, yeah, they, they, they know where my headspace is and where I want to go with my care plan. Yes, I think that's important why she said to have an open line of communication uh, with your doctor, especially going through this battle, because a lot of times we shy away from saying certain things. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, yeah. we need to lay everything out on the table. That way they can truly assist us, because if we leave out things that might need to be said for something that, like I said, it could be you leave out a symptom and they categorize you with this because you didn't right. say you had that symptom. So I think that's a very good point is to advocate for yourself. And the reason why I um, reached out to her, didn't know if I was going to get the interview because you just stepping out on faith, which I'm blessed that I was. 
but she's <laughs> advocating for herself and her videos uh just showing her regular everyday symptoms and being I love Shakita in a different way because the authenticity uh, authenticity that I get from her and her always being willing to share those deep dark moments that we don't always open ourselves up to is what makes what made me say that I need to certify her as one sick B. Is there any advice before we end that you can give to somebody or anything that you would like to say? Because she is an advocate and I also need you to um, send, put your, uh, your links, your uh, links where you can be found at on either Facebook, Instagram, so they can look you up and uh, continue. And if they have NMOs, reach out to you. What are, first say your words and then please shout out your links where we can find you at. Don't be stalking my girl because she is cute. She's married. <laughs> So just messing, but go ahead. All right. So my words of encouragement with anyone that's going through this battle is that I do have to say that one, advocate for yourself. Two, do your research. And three, know that you are not fighting this battle alone. Now, my links, you can find your girl at SRG underscore NMO underscore warrior. And I'm on TikTok. You can find me there at the same thing, SRG underscore NMO underscore warrior. Yes. Well, this is my favorite part of the podcast. Try not to get emotional. I think I'm watery out today. <clears throat> Shakita, you are going through a battle that I had never heard of, but when I researched it, it's so intense, but your spirit that you carry is the spirit of a warrior, a spirit of a champion a spirit of a mother who loves and a wife who cares. So I want sick B today certify you as one sick B Shakita. You are a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. So I want sick B certify you one sick yeah. B. <laughs> All right. Thank I love you it. for sharing your story, queen. Yes, ma'am. You can check me out, One Sick B, on One Sick B Podcast underscore One Sick B underscore Podcast on Instagram, One Sick B Podcast on Facebook. You can catch me out on Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Google, wherever you can catch your podcast. Thank you all, and have a blessed day. Know you question life a couple times, but it's okay you growing. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, and don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war.